Today on the Locked On Blues podcast, the NHL entry draft is complete, so I'm going to be going over each one of the Blues picks, giving my thoughts on the player, and then at the end, just sort of giving an overall draft grade for what I, how I thought the St. Louis Blues did in their draft, plus Billy Huso was traded for a third round pick, going to talk about that, going to talk about my thoughts on the trade, plus what that means for the Blues backup goalie situation next season. Really fun episode. I love these post-draft episodes. A lot of fun here. Uh, make sure you stay tuned. Going to be a good one. Your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Lockdown Blues Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm your host, Josh Hyman, as always, and got a really fun episode for you guys today. Uh, the NHL entry draft wrapped up just a few hours ago, and I'm going to be going over every single one of the blues picks here in this first segment, segment and a half, and like I said, second segment, talking about Billy Huso. But without further ado, let's let's just hop into this draft, uh, but first, I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Blues your first listen, free and available on all podcast platforms. Thank you guys for making uh, me part of your daily routine, the YouTube channel and all that stuff, doing really well lately. Uh, the draft reaction is performing really, really well. So I really appreciate all the support uh, I've been getting on the channel recently. It really helps with the with the drive to put out good content for you guys, you know, still figuring things out uh, as a solo host. So appreciate all your feedback and all your all your support lately. It's been it's been a lot of fun. So without further ado, let's talk about the draft. The Blues started things off, I thought, pretty hot, picking Jimmy Snuggerud at the 23rd overall slot, a right winger who is committed to play at the University of Minnesota next season. Now, let's spend a little bit of time talking about him. Um, probably a majority of the prospect talk is going to be around him just because the Blues didn't pick again until the third round, and you can only really say so much about third round picks. Like, yeah, those guys could turn into NHL caliber, play- caliber players, but... As of right now, you know, there's just not a whole lot to say about them. So that that being said, though, let's talk about Jimmy Snuggerud. Um, I'm really, really happy with this pick. I think the Blues can afford to pick a guy like Jimmy Snuggerud in the sense that he is a high-ceiling player, but he's going to take a little bit of time to get to that floor where he's able to play NHL games. Um, he's a guy with a lot of upside. He already has shown that he has a wicked lethal shot, similar to the, the route that they took last year with Zach Bolduck. They seem to be going for taller guys um, with a good shot. Uh, Jimmy Snuggerud is a little bit over 6'1", only 188, so that's another thing he's kind of got to fill into his frame and, and bulk up a little bit. But the Blues don't seem to shy away from picking players like that. Um, we've seen it in the past where they pick a guy like Tage Thompson who needs to fill into his frame, or even a guy like Jordan Cairo who definitely needed to fill into his frame a little bit as well. And we know how those guys worked out. Obviously, they traded Tage Thompson, but he had a spectacular season this year. Um, once he, you know, like we said, grew into his frame and became sort of that bigger, bulked-up guy. So the Blues aren't afraid to take a guy with with a little bit of struggle in terms of his frame uh, in that sense. 
um, because that's something that you can change through training and development and growth and that sort of thing. So I'm I'm not too worried about that. That was sort of one of the bigger knocks on him. Uh, but let's talk about some of the positives. Like I said, he's got an absolutely lethal shot. Uh, he's a guy that you can really just construct a power play around. One thing the Blues have been missing in the last few years is a guy that can just rip one-timers on the power play, you know, Alex Ovechkin style. Obviously, nobody can do it like Ovi can, but, you know, if you get a guy where you can just plant him at the top of the circle and sort of put four other passers out there with him and just feed him pucks and let him rip, that's going to be a recipe for success on the power play, and that's exactly what Jimmy Snuggerud has done with the U.S. development team. Uh, that's I'm assuming exactly what he's going to do with Minnesota and then eventually exactly what he's going to do with the St. Louis Blues he's got that wicked shot and he's got a lot of range on that shot you know he doesn't just have to be in close he can be even as far out as the blue line and he's still got like almost a, a defenseman's worthy uh cannon of a slap shot when need be he's a really really good player when it comes to shooting the puck um an area that maybe struggles a little bit is his playmaking. I think playmaking wise, he's a little bit of a step behind uh, other guys uh, in his draft class, but that's not to say that he can't develop that part of his game. Uh, Playmaking is something that can come with time and can come with just, you know, developing hockey IQ, developing uh, a sense for your teammates. So you can't teach a shot like he has, but something like playmaking, I think that can come along. That's why I'm not super, super worried about that. I think that he can develop into a good playmaker. Um, but even if he doesn't, he still has that wicked shot that's going to make him lethal. He could score, you know, 25 plus goals at an NHL level if he hits his full ceiling. Um, just because of how deadly his shot is at such a young age and with such a such a light frame, you know, if he grows and gets even stronger, that shot's just going to even continue to get better and better. I'm really happy with that. And then an area that I think um, is really underrated in his game that not a ton of people were talking about is his defense. He's a guy that can go out there and play tenacious defense on the wing, something that the Blues really value, um, something that they valued in their last few picks. You know, he's a, he's a bigger guy. He plays a gritty hard-nosed game, but he also isn't afraid to, you know, have that skill and speed game. A um, little bit of a slower skater now, but again, that's something that can that can grow in time. Uh, but yeah, that defense is something that I think is really, really important in his game and why I think he projects to be an NHLer um, almost more so than his shot. You know, defense at the wing position is is a hot commodity in the NHL. Not, not a whole lot of wingers are uh, you know, elite defenders, and not to say that Jimmy Snuggerud will be an elite defender at that position, but just the fact that he's already shown potential of being a really good defensive player at that position projects him well for like a, a middle six role, a guy that can go out there, um, and if, if you're getting hemmed in, he can, you know, uh, go into the corner, win puck battles, take guys off the puck, but at the same time, he can go down the other end and rip a one-timer into the back of the net um, with wicked, wicked accuracy and, and wicked power as well i'm really really happy with the pick um i think he's a guy that's going to develop uh, in a couple years for the blues he might stay in college for a little bit you know he has family history at minnesota i think his father played there so i wouldn't be surprised if he stuck around minnesota for at least a year two maybe even three but that's okay because when you have an offense as deep as the st louis blues have you don't need your first round draft pick to step in right away they have a bit of room to grow there a little bit of room to let him grow so I'm really happy with that pick. Um, in this upcoming second segment, I'm going to be going over the rest of the Blues picks, and then I'm going to be talking about the Billy Huso trade. So make sure you stay tuned for that. 
excuse me. But before I get into that, gotta tell you guys about our good friends over at Bet Online. Now, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs. Nope, not this year's NHL playoffs. Sorry, <laughs> this year's Major League Baseball regular season and this year's NHL off season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news every season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports news and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. And I'll be right back with the second half of today's episode. All right, all right, all right. So, not only the Blues picked Jimmy Snuggeroo, but they also picked a couple more players. So, I'm going to be going through uh, some of their other picks and talking about what I think about them. Their third-round pick, their first pick, the pick that they got in the Billy Huso trade that I'm going to be talking about here in a little bit was Alex Centauri Kasamaki. Um, another, you know, bigger forward, six feet tall. 196 pounds, um, a good skilled playmaking center, good puck skills in tight areas, can make defenders miss to create some offense. Um, I, I'm all for it. You know, I think centers are a very valuable position in this league, and you know, you can never have too many centers. You can never, you know, have too many guys that can that can playmake at that position as well. And well, you know, a third round pick doesn't have a ton of potential to necessarily crack the lineup anytime soon. Um, I think that you know, picking a guy like like uh Kasimaki is is pretty good for the St. Louis Blues or Kaskimaki, sorry, is great for the St. Louis Blues just because he adds, you know, just another potential uh turnout at that position, you know, it's not like they're banking on him to turn into a great player, but if he does, you know, that's great for them. They they have even more depth at that position, even more skill at that position. Similar to um Snuggerud, one of his knocks is that he's got a little bit slower foot speed but again that's something that can develop you know that's something that can grow um, a little bit just with some skating drills all that stuff so I don't think it's the biggest deal in the world he also can play uh, on the penalty kill which is valuable and win a ton of face-offs which you know means that if he does develop into into an NHL player he could turn into like a fourth line guy a guy that just goes out there wins puck battles creates a little bit of offense um, and wins you some face-offs. So I'm happy with that pick. Moving on, 15 picks later, they finally picked their first defenseman of the draft in Michael Butchinger? Butchinger? I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Uh, apologies there. Uh, similar to their previous pick, a guy that, you know, isn't necessarily a, a super, super high ceiling player, but could definitely come in and play some NHL games. Um, he was a top four defenseman on his team, the Guelph Storm, which I believe is where Robbie Fabry played. I don't know why I remember that, but there's that. Um, he's a really good all-around defenseman. I think he, he had himself a pretty, pretty large amount of points um, in his most recent OHL season. Um, a guy that, you know, is going to give you sound play in all three ends of the ice from the defensive position. He's a good playmaker. Um, he's not quite the best puck mover in the world, but when he needs to, he can, you know, fire some shots from the point or, or find the open guy. He's not going to create offense completely on his own as much, but he can still move the puck. He can still play, make, he can still make some, make the right play uh, from an offensive standpoint. And he's very, very reliable in the defensive end as well. I think another good pick there for the St. Louis Blues. Moving on, pick 120, Arzny Koromislov. Uh, out of St. Petersburg, Russia, a left-handed defenseman, another left-handed defenseman, 6'3", 180, 
similar to Snuggerud, a, a big, taller guy that still needs to fill into his frame, which I like. You know, I like that you pick these undersized guys because the only, you know, best case scenario, they fill out into their frame and they become a 10 times better player with that size and that strength. You know, you're sort of banking on the future. And when you have a deep team like the St. Louis Blues, you can afford to miss on one of those guys every once in a while if, you know, the other guy fills into his frame and becomes a beast. So, sort of a similar route there. Um, it's hard to project these Russian players just because the strength of competition over there is so hard. You know, um, Koro, Koro Mislov didn't um, impress super mu- too much in the um, in his uh, Russian Junior League. Uh, but again, it's just hard because of the strength of competition there. Um, he's a big defenseman, obviously, with a long reach. And he's actually, honestly, a very strong skater, which is which is good for his size. I think that, you know, if he does turn into an NHL player, it'll be that skating and that size that sort of sets him apart from some of the other prospects. Um, he's not, like, the most flashy player by any means, but he's a guy that's going to go out there and, and give you solid minutes if he does turn into an NHL player. He's a guy that, you know, you can rely on in the defensive end, similar to their previous pick, so I like that. Just t- picking reliable defensive ability defensemen. You really can't go wrong there. The 152 pick, they really just love picking guys who, who might have a hard time pronouncing. They picked another left-handed defenseman, Marc-Andre Gaudet. Okay, that one wasn't as bad. Um, hard to talk too much about him. You know, late, late round pick. Another big defenseman, 6'3", 180, similar, kind of skinny, but can fill into his frame. Really hard shot, decent hand, decent vision, uh, decent mobility, maybe a little bit below average. But again, a guy that... If he does turn into an NHL, you're going to like his shot. You're going to like his defensive ability. You're going to like his puck moving skills. And finally, with their last pick at 184, they picked an undersized guy in Landon Sim, a 5'10", 166-pound right winger. Um, he is a skilled player. So, you know, he's, he's a flashy player. Um, you kind of got to be when you're undersized. Um he can play on the power penalty kill, which is surprising given his size. He's pretty tenacious, almost like a Brad Marchand-esque sort of little guy um, in that aspect. Um, so, you know, I think if you're going to take a flyer on a late-round guy, why not make it an undersized forward? Kind of goes against the status quo for Blues picks. They love picking these big forwards. Um, I think, I don't remember who tweeted it out. Uh, I think it was Gabe Foley tweeted out something like, or it was in his article that the Blues haven't picked a forward below 6'1 uh, in the first round in a very long time. And they continue the trend this year, and they... You know, didn't take anyone below six feet until that final round of the draft for them. So again, another guy who might turn into probably will turn into nothing, but if he turns into something, there you go. Bonus points there for for getting a late round steal in this upcoming third and final segment. I'm be talking about the Billy Huso trade, what it means for the Blues next season, and more. Make sure you stay tuned. Okay, so middle of the draft. First of all, there were a ton of trades. Um, I think it was this morning it was announced that the Blues were trading the negotiation rights to uh, of Billy Huso to the Detroit Red Wings for a third-round pick, um, which, first of all, just right off the bat, that's amazing for the St. Louis Blues. They got their earliest pick besides their first-rounder through this trade, and they got it for a guy that they weren't even going to bring back bring back regardless basically what that means is the Detroit Red Wings wanted Billy Huso so bad um and they were so like worried about the other teams bidding for him that they were willing to part with a third round pick which is pretty valuable um all things considered in order to just get the first rights to negotiate for Billy Huso you know there's 
in in nine times out of ten in a situation like this, Philly Huso just walks and signs with the highest bidder in free agency. But this time, the Detroit Red Wings are willing to say, you know what, we like this guy so much, we like what we see out of him so much that we're willing to part with a third round pick uh, for someone that we could have just tried to go after in free agency. Anyways, you know, the Blues got uh, a third round pick when they very, very likely could have and arguably should have gotten absolutely nothing for him. You know, best case scenario in however many years, um, that third round pick turns into a, a decent player and you're like, wow, look at that. They got him for an expiring Vili Huso deal. And you know what? If that guy turns into nothing, great. You still were going to lose Vili Huso regardless. So I'm really happy with that trade um, on the surface. You know, it gave the Blues an extra pick in the third round. And area of the draft where they've had some decent success recently, Colton Pareko was a third round pick. Jordan Cairo was a second round pick. But still, um, you know, these, these second and third rounds, uh, are areas where the Blues have had success and, you know, getting an early third round pick I think is great for them. Because um, like I said, best case scenario, it turns into a, a roster player that you can look back on and say, heck yeah, we, we traded away a, an expiring contract to get this guy. You know, worst case scenario, he doesn't pan out. You still have your other picks that you made in the draft that could very easily pan out. So, you know, sort of a win-win situation for the St. Louis Blues and Billy Huso as well. He got himself a nice hefty contract extension. I think he was making four and a half mil with the Detroit Red Wings on his new contract, which was about where I projected his salary to be. And I said, I don't think the Blues want to do that. And sure enough, I was right. Um, But now the question arises, what do the Blues do at their backup goalie position next season? Now, I tweeted out a good image of our favorite favorite backup goalie in Chucky Sideburns. Charlie Lindgren um, had a really, really strong AHL postseason, helped lead his team within to be within, I think, two or three wins of a Calder Cup championship. I don't remember exactly what the series ended up at. I think they were two wins away. Um, Big part of that was Charlie Lindgren. uh, And, you know, he's a guy that has had a ton of experience, uh, had success with the Blues in his limited time last season, and could end up being the backup goalie, or Joel Hofer could be the backup goalie. But the reason why I have a little bit of concern with either of those guys, I think a, a couple other people pointed out on like Twitter and stuff as well, is the fact that if you're worried that Jordan Binnington is going to have an inconsistent regular season again, you you need to have someone more reliable than Charlie Lindgren uh, in case you need to make them into the starter. Now, do I think that Jordan Binnington is going to lose his starting spot again? No. I think we saw the best version of Jordan Binnington we had seen uh, in that playoff run. You know, unfortunately, he got injured and wasn't able to continue it, but he truly looked like he had returned to form, returned to that form that he had in, the, in that cup run. Uh, a couple years ago and if we get even you know 80 90 percent of that in the regular season then Jordan Binnington will be the full-time starter and that's great um but you know he is coming off of an injury and you know he has been notoriously inconsistent in the regular season so if you're the St. Louis Blues if you're Doug Armstrong do you look at that and say okay we need to we need to find a way to to have a safety net in case Jordan Bennington does have those struggles again and does show that inconsistency again. I personally, like I said, don't think it's super likely that we see a Billy Huso situation where a backup comes in and carries the Blues to the playoffs. Just I don't think that they're going to need that. But, you know, the Blues would be feeling pretty pretty silly if that happened again and you have to turn to Charlie Lindgren who hasn't had a, an NHL-level workload in a long time, if ever. I don't think he would be ready for it. I don't, th- don't think he would be capable of, you know, starting 20 out of 30 games or something like that. Same thing with Joe Hofer. Uh, but who knows? Maybe the Blues know something that we don't. Maybe they're fully ready to run with Hofer 
or Lindgren as the starter. But if they don't, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what they do uh, in terms of the goalie market. I don't, I don't know if they would go out and try to sign someone or trade someone. I'd have to take a look at who's out there. But, you know, for now, I think that we have to assume that Jordan Bennington is going to be that guy. He's going to be starting 50-ish games next year. Um, and, you know, you're, you're, you're going to be treating your backup goalie as a true backup, which is something that the Blues haven't done lately. They've sort of had a 1A, 1B situation with Jordan Bennington. So if he can turn into, you know, that guy and be a full-time starter, take on a full workload, then... It's not going to matter who your backup is too, too much. You know, the team as good as the St. Louis Blues. I think Charlie Lindgren would be a fine backup if that's all he is, or Joel Hofer. But if you're sort of looking to, to a 1A, 1B situation, then you need to address some things. Then you maybe need to bring in someone a little bit better, a little bit more experienced. Uh, but we'll see, you know. Um, that's something that's going to become more clear in the coming days, coming weeks, etc. So make sure you stay tuned to the Lockdown Blues podcast because that is all the time I have for you guys today. So make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to me on. That way you never miss a new upload. Hit that subscribe button on the YouTube channel at Locked On Blues. Doing really well over there lately. I love the feedback. Love the support. Uh, follow Locked On Blues on all of our socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok at Locked On Blues. You can follow me on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. Thank you all so much for listening. And as always, let's go Blues.